All right, guys. And just like that, we're back with Davin Baxter on The End with Adam. I'm going to be coughing throughout this because guess what? I'm smoking dope. That's right. We're having a good old-fashioned smoking dope episode with Davin. And uh, we did the beginning uh, just to kind of intro you guys into Davin's world into Mexico. And uh, let's continue with that. So, Davin, I was asking you about the people in Mexico and about your experiences sort of having to assimilate. I guess that's the word, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Assimilation. <laughs> it sounds very robotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's what you've had to do. You, you're somewhat of a, of a chameleon, I mean, when I think about it, because you assimilated in Turkey, you assimilated in Mexico, you know, like these are wildly different cultures, but you figure you you figured out how to live in a lot of different places. Is what I'm trying to say, man. What's your secret? Mm. I guess at the end of the day, patience and trying hard not to like be <clears throat> too hard on yourself, because okay. it can be really frustrating dealing with cultural boundaries, cultural barriers, culture shock. Yeah, uh, and that's that's all very real stuff. <laughs> wow, um, I had a lot of frustration uh, trying to make friends, even when mm -hmm. I was, you know, trying to learn Spanish, because <clears throat> not everybody out here speaks English. So, you know, right, right. But yeah. I think dealing with that, dealing with, you know, just a different culture as well. Like getting into, I don't know, dating as well. Dating can be. Very frustrating. Um, now, I do want to, yeah. I do, I do want to kind of hover on this topic um, because you know it's been seven years, man. I'm sure you've got some crazy stories about trying to date in foreign countries, and I just, I, I guess, I want to get into some of those stories. But to start, what has been the kind of overarching theme with a lot of your dating uh, experiences? If there has don't been do one, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, just stay away from that shit, man. <laughs> so, nah, no, no, no. <laughs> not okay. at all. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent for dating uh, advocate. I think it's great, like meeting new people um, and really getting to know people on a personal level. It's just mm -hmm. really frustrating. Um, dealing with so many like fundamental differences with how people look and value more importantly relationships because wow. in my experience i don't really feel like people value relationships in the same way that i do or that they right. look at them in the same way that i do you know a relationship right. for me is something that it definitely takes time to build it uh takes an incredible amount of of um trust and with that, a bit of self-sacrifice, a lot of self-sacrifice. I mean, you have to let down uh, your walls and, and your be forthcoming about your fears. And I, yeah, people don't like doing that. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I also want to know if, because in my experience, like the communities that I've been in and sort of like young adult fly-by-night transient worlds, like whether that was New Orleans, Los Angeles, Atlanta, even where I was at, there is kind of this excuse that everyone has where they're sort of like, oh, well, 
I'm not going to be in this town in a couple of years anyway, so I might as well never be serious with someone. Does that happen in your case as well? Or what do you, what do you typically hear? Yeah. 150%. And one, that's something that I'm also guilty of. I mean, when I first got here, I wasn't planning on staying in Mexico for like seven fucking years. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was going to take as long as it did for me. Um, And when I first got here, I was also very, um, I mean, I'm just in general, like a very observant person. I saw the way that people were conducting their relationships, the way most people just don't really give a fuck about anybody, um, let alone the person that they're getting most intimate with. Um, Right. You know, it's it's a lot of cheating, deceit, um, beating around the bush, fucking <laughs> gaslight. You know, just everything. Yeah. All the you ever? Th- this is. Yeah, this is. This has happened to me before. I wonder if this happened to you, where like you both know that like it's not going to work, but you're just, you just you you don't want to be the first person to say it, and like because of that, you end up hurting each other. Does that, does that kind of end up? Yeah. Those are the worst. Those are the worst ones because it's like, you can almost see in in another world how like you and that person could have been together, you know? And you're just like, God damn it. Like, give it a chance. Like I, even if we get hurt, like let's at least try, even if we know it's not going to work, like it doesn't matter. Like we're still here. We're still alive. We have days left. Like, do you ever find yourself having to explain that? Yeah, right. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't always think like this. It was, you know, in the past, it was more so just, you know, I know what everybody's up to. I know what they're all doing. You know, there's no point mm-hmm. in me getting into a relationship with somebody when I can't, I can't trust them. Because a relationship right. for me is meant to be sustainable. It's meant to be long lasting. It's meant to be like very deep and very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later on, you know, as, as I grew older, like at least at this stage in my life, kind of just like, well, whether we're in a relationship or not, you know, I still just want to be with this one person and I want to try, even though I know like inevitably this probably is not going to pan out. Like I'm going to have to go back to the States at some point. She's going to have mm-hmm. to go back to her home country or stay here in Mexico, whatever, whoever it is. Um, but it's just, you know, yeah. dealing with that reality, people treat that so differently. Um, for me, I just, I'm, I'm at a point now where it's like, I don't want to be afraid to be able to tell someone how much I care about them, how much I like them, how much I adore them and cherish them. Yeah. Uh, even though it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to end up happily ever after married with, you know, the fucking dog, kid, and white picket fence. Preach, know? brother. Preach. Yeah. It's like, but it's like, I feel like a lot I of can't... people out here, <laughs> sorry, I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. out here have this mentality where I'm only here for six months or i'm only here for two years even or you know i'm here for as long as i need to be but at the end of the day like i am going back home to start a life or i'm going to another country to start at some point you know what's the point of me putting myself through some kind of emotional uh heartbreak when Mm -hmm. i know what the inevitable outcome is but it's like that's not what it's about man it's not (laughs) it's not about the heartbreak (laughs) because you're gonna get heartbroken Anyway, no you could be, you could be married to someone and they could still heart like the heartbreak you can't yeah. run away from, and that's the weirdest thing that I see people, especially our age, who people who genuinely like 
don't have that much dating experience when you really look at it. And they're trying so desperately to like shield themselves from any sort of discomfort. And it's like, you're missing out on life. Like that's a part of living is being heartbroken. Like a part of, and, and, and I don't know. Okay. Here's, I have a, I have kind of a complex question for you. When you were younger, because I only spent eight months in another country. Right. And Mm -hmm. in those eight months, like everybody there was i still talk to some of those people everybody there was so intensely bonded and people were like like it didn't even matter to me if a dude that i knew had hooked up with a girl that i had hooked up with because i knew we're never going to see each other again most likely like i mean i might come back to europe but we'll never be in this setting where we're all together so Mm -hmm. it was kind of permissible or acceptable for there to be no long lasting relationships when did that change for you or like did it change when you were like okay i'm going to be in mexico for a long time I feel like there was a time where, where we both, by we, I mean myself and you, I, tell me if I'm wrong, could stomach that. When did that yeah. change? Very recently. Um, mm. Very recently. Because okay. I definitely remember feeling exactly like that, as, as you just described, this whole, you know, I can't bring myself really to be in a relationship just because of what's happening around me. You know, right? Because if you're right. observant of that, then it's almost like the the idea of a relationship is just a turnoff. And that's not to say like you want to go around and hook up with as many people as possible. Right. It's just that there's so much mistrust. There's so much just foul shit going on, and <laughs> you know, just disrespect and dishonesty. And it's a lot of people. It's what it is really. I think. I, I mean, I, I'm being a bit graphic about it, but. I think what it really is is just people trying to like find themselves. Like they don't know who they are. Yeah, and, of course, of course. You know, they think that they're going to learn more about themselves, and perhaps we do. I don't. I mean, I don't really have the questions or the answers for this kind of stuff. But you know, you kind of like discover yourself through the experiences that you have with other people. So I guess mm-hmm. for most people, that means going around and dating, and you know, dating as as many people as you want or can, or I don't know. But um, I I just feel like the way people went about it when I was younger, when I first got here, wasn't exactly, it it wasn't exactly constructive, you know? Yeah, I I think. People said that they want relationships. Oh, yeah, sorry. We keep interrupting each other. Yeah, my bad. I'm so bad at this. Welcome to the world's worst podcast. (laughs) Um, It's like. People say that they want relationships, but they're not really willing to put in the effort to really construct what a relationship demands. And good point. So good the point. easy thing to do is just sort of vibe, run around, and you know, <laughs> like. Somebody, Did you just say vibe? Hold on. Did you yeah, just I hate say that word? But that's hey, that's what they say, man. That's that's their that's their language, not mine. Yo, I just know you've been talking to young chicks. 
I just the young, the, you're, young fucking people, man. I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, you do. Your vocabulary. I, I caught it. Why? I, what the? Fuck? What are what you, you fucking talking? If some if somebody over the age twenty five said the word vibe to me, I would get up without pause and open hand slap the shit out of them. Like it would be, it would be. Or just pay for the instinctual. Like. <laughs> yeah, it would be instinctual. Like you, you have to snap people out of it when they start saying shit like that. You know they're in fantasy land. You know they're dangerously delusional, and you've got to get away from them. Yeah, seriously, seriously. There's no other way to put it. Like, I fucking hate that word, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, it's just the way people live their lives. They take it day by day, and uh, I've seen in people just how easy it is for them to, for their feelings to flip. You know, one day they're infatuated with somebody, Literally the next goddamn day, it's like, oh, I'm feeling insecure. I don't know what's going on. You're acting weird. Something like that. You know, even if the right. other person is weird, it's just people look for excuses to find the easy way out of things. They, they people, yeah. The work to build something that's actually long lasting and, and true and authentic. I think people are wildly misled about what it even means to fall in love with someone. Um, yeah. I'm going to be kind of a nerd and quote Slavoj Žižek right now, the current contemporary philosopher, he's still alive, Slavoj Žižek, where he talks about the English phrase to fall in love. It's the same phrase, I believe, in French as well, because it's supposed to delineate when you say fall, you're losing control. You can no longer control when you fall. You're, you can't control the motion that you're in, right? That's what love yeah. is. That's what love is supposed to be. You're not supposed to be able to control it every step of the way. If you are, then it probably isn't love. Like that People are so afraid of losing control for a moment and just being with somebody and being vulnerable that they'll literally, you know, we've both experienced this, but they'll literally like try to sabotage something that's going perfectly fine you know yeah. and it's like that is a very adult lesson that i've had to learn that that too is also possible right like nobody taught us that that would be a way that a relationship would end that's not in movies you know yeah i blame disney <laughs> <laughs> i think Me i think too, disney man. destroyed what love was meant to be and it's become <laughs> this world of infatuation but not really building partnerships with people and tackling life together and confronting the problems that the respective wow. individual has but ultimately needs an outlet to share because we all need like a shoulder to lean on every now and again yeah but break it down for him hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> let me let me let me run that one back let me run that, Bring that back. real <laughs> hold up what'd you say i didn't hear that I'm just freestyling, man. Like, <laughs> I don't think I get <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's just. Uh... I mean, honestly, we don't get enough of the, like we don't get enough of that part of the conversation that the partnership means work partnership. When two yeah. people get together to do something and they're calling it a partnership, it's because they're working together to achieve some sort of goal. 
It doesn't mean that you just fit together like, a, like you know, like a two puzzle pieces. And, and there are parts of you that should fit like that, right? Like that's what attraction is. But in terms of the day-to-day of living with somebody or of, um, you know, just kind of spending your time with someone, that takes work because you're not every aspect of somebody is going to be as beautiful as the thing that attracted you to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there is this thing that I feel like a lot of people in our generation is, are sold and maybe it is Disney. I, I don't think it's that simple. And I'm sure you were joking, but there is this aspect of like perfection that everyone's looking for. And I don't know who told them that that's out there. Like what, what where did they get that? I didn't get that email. I, I, I was I checking my email. It wouldn't be a direct message just just being, you know, propagated to us or being transmitted to us by media, uh, even though I think that that is there. I don't think like that's the end all be all of it. I think it's just like the way. Um, I mean, for for instance, technology and, and the way dating works online nowadays. I mean, <clears throat> Tinder uh, and this whole the, the effect that it has on our psychology of just being able to swipe left or right uh, based yeah. on your immediate attraction to somebody or reading a few quote, like uh, a few uh, quotable. You're an advertiser. You're, you're advertising. You're, yeah, you're you know? And girls, but here's, here's, here's the strangest thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. I have to. Yeah, go ahead. At the end with Adam alert message. I have to ask this question out loud. On the one hand, I, as a guy, right, as a bachelor, 20-something-year-old young man who is suitable, I am supposed to, in the digital age, um, like make an advertisement out of myself in order to attract women on social media apps. Then women will meet me, and they'll be like, oh, like there's other aspects to you other than like your you know initial commercial that you showed yeah yeah and it's like yes because i'm a i'm a human being when did that become foreign davin when did multiple dimensions to a human being become foreign my brother yeah and when did people's personal differences become this fundamental make or break situation when it comes to formulating relationships it's like we're all imperfect there is no such thing as uh, the white knight that's going to come in and, and swipe you off your feet. Or there's no such thing as like the perfect woman either. Everybody's no. got some kind of degree of emotional baggage. Everybody's got some kind of uh, insecurity, some vulnerabilities, some existential fears that they have whenever it comes to dealing, truly just dealing with other people. <clears throat> and it becomes very much a negotiation rather than just some kind of like romantic, uh, intimate bubble that you create and fabricate, but that can be popped at any given moment or exposed or utterly destroyed at any given moment. Mm. You know, negotiation is like a process in the same way that relationships work. Um, But this whole idea that I've consistently heard from, from people, not just girls, but also guys, like this general expectation that relationships are supposed to be easy and I see that type of shit on Instagram all the time. So bringing it back to media, it's like that's, okay. that's media's fault. Mm-hmm. Trying to teach us that relationships are meant to be easy. Like you're supposed to just, uh, yeah, I guess kind of fall into somebody and everything is just supposed to mix and match perfectly as if it's some kind of puzzle piece. But it, it, that's never really the case. Never. 
I've never no. found that to be the case for me. I've never found that to be the case for other people, regardless of whatever like stage of their life they're in, whatever age group they're in, whatever socio uh, socio economic demographic they're in. Anything. It's it's just people are complicated and complex creatures, and trying to match with somebody else is like rubbing two magnets together in a way. And you and, just got to find the right fucking uh, frequency. And there's right? and there's something called the opposite sex. Like, I'm talking just to my heterosexual fans here. I don't know anything about the homosexual world. Maybe this works too in, in the same principle. But what I mean when I say the opposite sex is that, there, are, like you said, there are things that are just going to be completely different about that other person because they're the different gender than you. Like they see the world in an opposite, almost in an opposite way than you do because they, it's, a, it's just different. So it's mm. like, that's going to cause rifts. Like you're not going to agree. You're not, not even agree. You're just not going to see things the same way. And it's like, for some people that is like a deal breaker. Like, Oh, this person doesn't see the world the exact same way I see it. It's like, you're the opposite sex. Like, your your experiences are completely different. Yeah. No, yeah. The amount of times somebody's used that excuse to break up with me is just like, wow. You know, it's it's really petty. Yeah, I I think like at the end of the day, um, one of the things that I've noticed is a through line is like a lot of people are never really ready to open themselves up even when they think that they are. And like the, the minute it gets too hard or they're in a place where it's uncomfortable for them, to have sort of discomfort that they've never felt before, they'll just cut the, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll pull the plug. They won't try to investigate what made them uncomfortable. They won't try to understand the other person's point of view. They'll just say this, I, I don't feel good anymore. This has ceased giving me satisfaction. I'm done. And that I think is like, I think one of the real death knells of, of our particular generation, like people are so quick to do that. It's so sad. I mean, uh, it's very sad. We're bummers. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the nightlife. Let's, let's, uh, let's turn it up a notch. Um, when you went to Mexico city, versus when you were in Puebla, like what were some of the differences in just the uh the fire of the night? Let's talk about it. Uh Mexico City is for one very metropolitan. Puebla is not. So okay. the clubs are the clubs and bars are vast. You you I mean shit. You can find a little bit of everything there. It's it's kind of like New York in a way. You know if you want yeah, like, that's what I've heard. You can investigate and you can find it. Um, or if you just want yeah. to throw yourself out there, check out random places, you're guaranteed to have a good night. I mean, Mexico City is just one of the coolest places I've ever been to uh, or had the chance to live in. Um, and it's, it's, it's great in a lot of ways because of this, what I'm about to say, but also kind of sucks at the same time. It's, it's so vast and so massive and there's so many people living there that mm -hmm. you can go out and meet somebody and then just like never run into them again, which like I said, yeah, like wow. if that's what you're looking for, that's can be a great thing. Uh, but also it can be kind of bad too. Cause I mean, right. I can imagine you know, it can um, get lonely at, out there. 
Yeah, it can definitely get lonely. And that's one thing that a lot of people say about Mexico City when when they get to experience living there is, yeah, it can be very lonely despite however, how many people actually live in the city. Whereas in Puebla mm -hmm. and specifically in Cholula, it's very easy to get to know everybody instantly, you know, within the span of a few months, you know, you pretty much know who everyone is, you know, everybody's stories. Uh, they know your personal business, whether you want that to be the case or not. And you've um, lamented, you've lamented to me about that aspect, where somehow oh, yeah. word gets around town about Davin Baxter in Cholula, Mexico. I bet you if I went, if I got off the airplane there and I asked the baggage handler, "Do you know Davin Baxter?" they they would give, they'd have something to say. Your name is just on everybody's tongue out there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? Oh, what what, line. <laughs> what 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 Kanye line? I don't know. Ye had a line about that shit. It was like, uh, man, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I bet. But yeah, but um, no. I mean, you've you've just told me. Like, I remember you've called me a few times, uh, just steaming about somebody saying that they knew you or. And this is what really perplexes me because I've I've never heard of this problem before from anybody else, but this seems no, to follow you around. <laughs> yeah, I've, dude, it's 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 like of a fucking telenovela star or something. It's ridiculous. Like I don't even I don't, I don't even go out like that anymore, bro. If I go out in public, I'm wearing a fucking ski mask, <laughs> goddamn, <laughs> a baseball cap with aviator shades over my eyes, you know. All black. I mean, it, it sounds like you have to. You kind of are. You're kind of a minor celebrity. It sounds like uh, over there. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, no. Like for example, there was this one time to speak on an example that you were just kind of describing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was last semester. Um, I was hanging out with a group of friends. Uh, this one American guy that I that I got pretty. I got to know pretty well. Uh, we had had conversations earlier in the semester when we didn't really know each other, and he was asking me about, you know, my personal experiences with Cholula, like the politics and society of it all. I was like, yeah, I mean, this place is home, so I, it's a very much a love and hate relationship. I love wow. this place for certain reasons, but I hate this place for so many other reasons, you know. Yeah. And one of the things that I really don't like about this place is this culture of chisme. Uh, chisme, like, it literally means rumors and and gossip and stuff like that. It's so it's so big. Everybody There's a word for it. That's yeah. crazy. Jeez, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean in the same way we have a word for it as well, but it's like there there's a culture behind that too, you know? And I feel like yeah. it really stepped from like telenovela and what like people were exposed to growing up. But um yeah, everybody does it. And a lot of times it's very vicious and toxic. Give me an example. Give me give, give the give the listeners an example of some well, cheese man. Example. I mean this this wasn't this particular example wasn't coming from Mexicans. It was coming from I get this American girl who I never met. Uh, mm -hmm. But as I said, this American guy who I was talking to, a friend of mine, he was like, "Yeah, man, I remember what you were saying when we first met. I don't remember if you uh, remember this conversation or not, but um, you were telling me about this. You were complaining about it, and now I think I finally understand what you mean." I was like, okay, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, so uh, I was hanging out with this American girl earlier in the week. And uh, because all three of us are Americans, I was talking about, oh, yeah, like, did you ever meet Davin, by the way? And this girl, I'm trying to remember her name, if it was like Alyssa or Allison or some basic white girl name, no offense to anybody. <laughs> uh, she, was like, she was like, yeah, I know Davin. He's such a piece of shit. And, and you know, just talking. 
Um, oh, no. <laughs> and the, the thing is, like, I had, I had never met this person before in my life. I mean, the last person that I, the last person, the last person I ever knew by the name of Allison was in seventh grade. The last time I met somebody. Allison Beckley. I remember Allison. I know exactly which Allison you're talking about. Allison Beckley. <laughs> seventh grade. The girl was talking mad shit about me as well. She was like, you got fucked up. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, you. Yeah. I was like, Damn. I remember. I remember, I remember Allison Beckley. <laughs> oh my God. You did say that. Yo. Shouts out to Allison Beckley if she ever listens seventh to grade this. Seventh grade beef. <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy that i knew who you were talking about we've exactly. known each other for way too long man yeah uh and then like the other girl um Alyssa from new orleans but yeah. beyond that it was like, i'd never met anybody else with uh with, with, with that those kind names of name. and the thing is too this this guy the american guy he was the only american that i had met that semester i would have remembered meeting another american because we're so few we're so few in right. numbers out here like i'm usually the only american in a room, in a scene, in a collective, like uh, really, I, fine, and I I like it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, but yeah, my my American mate was cool, but uh, he was telling me about this, and I was like, dude, that's fucking crazy. Like, I never met this person before in my life, so why do you think like she was saying this? I was like, man, I couldn't tell you, but at the end of the day, I knew that she didn't know you. Because any time that we were together, you weren't there. Mm -hmm. And any time I was with you, she wasn't there. And I'm pretty sure, because I know you, like, you don't go out that much. But, I mean, yeah. There was but just... she just had your name in her yeah. mouth. Somehow yeah. it got there. So, somehow, like, 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 the wind just blew it sort of like a tumbleweed into yeah, her. Like a tumbleweed. Just through the fucking tumbleweed. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I am so curious. With, uh, with me and my relationships with the Mexicans as well, because anytime, you know, I've tried to date uh, a Mexican girl, there would always be some, like, some girl or some guy that would just, people who I'd never really had a conversation with, I might, like, know them in passing because maybe we have a class together, or maybe, like, you're a friend of a friend or something, you know, something of that nature, but uh, I was never really, like, close with them, I never really held, like, a real conversation with them, probably never even dapped them up, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Um, you know, these people would actively try to defamate my character in, in, in the face of this, this woman who I'm trying to get to know. And now normally it doesn't bother me if people are talking shit about me behind my back. It's just like, well, I don't fucking know you anyway. You know what I mean? I don't care about yeah. what your opinion is of me. At least you have yeah. an opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, I think right, that right, was right. Line, by the way. <laughs> at least but, you um, know who I am, yeah. Yeah, at least you, you know my fucking name, though. <laughs> Straight I don't up. Know how. I they're don't gonna know listen how, to they're, they're gonna Google you and they're gonna listen to this episode. <laughs> you gonna so. read that Wikipedia page, though? <laughs> For sure, they are. But uh, yeah. By the way, uh, hold on. Time. Just yeah. just to plug you, just uh, if you go to the guys listening, everybody listening, if you go to Joseph Gordon Levitt's uh, Wikipedia page, that's it. Davin is the same person, so it's it, they double. For the same guy sometimes davin's joseph sometimes joseph's dad so you can just read about him there but continue his action double yeah he's my action double <laughs> literally li literally like you know i have known you for 20 years and almost now 15 years um yeah. i still when i imagine you in mexico i even though i know how you look i imagine joseph gordon levin i don't imagine you it's like when you're telling me these stories 
I'm just imagining it being Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing all of this stuff. Now you, but oh, yeah, continue. Sorry, we'll, we'll cast him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's um, being casted in your film easily. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying, just you know, the amount of times that Cheese has sort of infected the the sanctity of a relationship that I'm trying to maintain with somebody, and is like, yeah, just ruptured it. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Because people people listen to that shit, you know. And it doesn't. So the thing is, too. Describe like. Hold up, hold up. One. Let me say one thing. I did mention earlier in the podcast that generally speaking, Mm -hmm. there is really no prejudice between nationalities, like from Mexicans and outwards. However, I do truly believe that there is a genuine or like there's there's a, a general mistrust between like mexican girls and foreign guys okay and i think it's just because they're gonna stick around they think you're just playing with them i think it's just because they see most internationals arriving here they're only here for a short period of time they just want to fuck around and then go back to their to their country and so they just kind of have these these boundaries put up about it um but i mean in my case i always knew i was going to be here until i finished my degree which you know could 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 have been four years could have been longer Mm -hmm. whatever but, mm-hmm. you know, the way that I would have approached relationships at that time was just very different. Like, I'm not here to fuck around and go behind people's backs and shit. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, people don't care. You know, if they see you walking down the street with uh, a, just even a friend, you know, suddenly... They're going to talk about it. They're going to say, yeah, oh, I saw Davin with so-and-so. Yeah. Wow. And it's some bullshit. Like it's it's really frustrating, and that's when it that's when it really pisses me off. I can imagine, man, because it's like mm-hmm. you have this like reputation that follows you around, almost like a social credit score that you can't control. <laughs> it yeah. really is. It sounds horrifying. Like I'm so lucky that uh, I've never been in one place for so long that's that small that has like a huge community of young people. Because I would have gone crazy. Like I hate that shit, man. I am going crazy. <laughs> no, for real. Um, I can. I, I. I can't imagine. But uh, so, I guess at this point, you are looking forward towards the states at some point. Um, what? I mean, w- w- what are you planning to do when you get when you get here? Are you gonna try to keep traveling? Are you gonna try to, um, you know, maybe go back to Mexico? What's going on? It's a good question. I mean, I'm still in the process of figuring it out and, you know, developing a plan and everything. Uh, probably going to go to Alabama first, spend some time with my dad, spend some time with that side of the family, my little brother and sister, who I really haven't spent much time with since they were babies. So I feel yeah. like it's it's time to get out of this whole crazy, just social scene and right. just spend time with family for a bit. Um, cause the older I get, the more I'm realizing that that really is the most important thing. Uh, cause 100%. these people, man, they just, you know, I love all my close friends and like my brothers and you know, my sisters out here and whatnot. But at the end of the day, people still, they just, they come and go. And yeah. the things that I'm looking for right now at this stage of my life aren't reflective of those types of relationships or personalities or anything like that. I mean, I'm tired of living in vice city, bro. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> hey bro. I'm tired I- of vice city, like. I can genuinely 
empathize because I've been there and I understand that. And like the greatest thing I got coming back here, I'm not saying that it's all peaches and gravy, like fucking, you know, I, you know, being close to family has its ups and downs, but Mm. at this stage of my life, I definitely needed this. Like, yeah being around the riffraff and the rigmarole after a certain point, if you're people like us, you know, we're, we're pretty sociable people. You know, we like to meet new people. Mm -hmm. We like to go on adventures, you know, after a while that, you know, it can just get, uh, it, it it can start to cost more than it's worth, you know? And I think, um, I think kind of knowing your exit and knowing when to kind of bow out and, Mm -hmm you know, just regroup and, and start that sort of maturation that you're looking for. That's kind of the next step. So I totally hear you, man. And that's, you know, kind of the, how this podcast has kind of matured as well is like when it first started, I was still kind of wanting to glorify that the social scenes, you know, because that was still the, the story. Fun, the, yeah. the, right. Like that, those, I think I lived through some pretty fun times in some pretty great cities in a short period of time and especially post COVID, like who can really say that any of that will return? That sounds hysterical to say 10 months ago, it doesn't sound hysterical anymore, does it? Like, I don't know if like I'll be able to crowd into a, a, a house with 500 other people and just complete debauchery and insanity. And like it also being like a pregame to a, to a club that you're going to go to like, that kind of shit now, you know, you're paying covers and, you know, w- w- like, especially you, okay, um, before I get into this, you really got to see what I'm talking about because you came to New Orleans two times. And I just mm-hmm. kind of want to see through your eyes what you saw both times, just to, so that the audience understands what I'm trying to explain. I, okay, the only thing that I can really say toward that is just, I'm honestly waiting for the day Rockstar releases GTA New Orleans because that's, that's what it deserves. <laughs> that's what it's it the is. obvious choice. It's the obvious choice for the next <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. I don't know why New it's be either New York or LA or Miami. Like it needs to be New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans is absolutely with the shits. Yeah, I mean, because you not. saw me in the dorms where I w- we were still tight. I was still young. I still had my boy shorts. <laughs> I was still wearing Sperry's. You understand? Yeah. Like, I was little. I was on my. <laughs> I was on my. You was, um, was little East Coast. <laughs> yeah, I was little East Coast. I straight up. I was wearing my button down. There's a picture on my Instagram where yeah. it showed like I was wearing a button down with an Oxford collar and little boy shorts, little H and M boy shorts, and some Sperry. That's a rock. And yeah, yeah I mean. Then you saw me washed up as as a senior in that uh, row home <laughs> with, two, with two other goons, with two other just – well, they weren't there when you were there. I think – They weren't. Uh, no. yeah, yeah. But you were you, saying we like the whole – One was like a SoundCloud rapper. The other was uh, – I think he was doing uh, cinema or communications or some kind of study no, no, related no. to like – No, no, uh, so so one no so one was from LA. Well, they actually they were both from LA, incidentally. But one was uh, like the son of um, somebody that's like in the film industry. But he's like a model now. At the time, he was a DJ. But he's like oh, a rich God. kid from LA. 
And then the other dude is from Venice Beach, uh, and I knew him for longer, uh, Jake. Mm-hmm. You al- you also met him the first time. Shouts out to Jake Erlinson if you yeah. listen to this podcast. Jake. Yeah, he he was like day one squad. Like I hung out with Jake probably from the fr- from like orientation until I graduated because I ended up living with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, that little row house was the first house I lived in outside of of like, you know, the dorms, like I was, you know, like in a house like that shit was so, so like juvenile. When I think of what was in the house, we had bongs. Do you remember bongs? Yeah. How could I forget? How ridiculous, you know, you're in a child's room and when you see a bong, you're, it's just, <laughs> I can't imagine being an adult and having a on the bong just open even if you do smoke out of a bong for whatever reason as an adult you have enough shame to hide it we would like put it on like the 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 countertop like every day like as like a trophy it was just so childish man like this this is the one i used on monday this is the one i use on wednesdays but only after 5 p.m (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude it was it was yeah. uh it was a great little spot um we had a costco membership so i remember during uh mardi gras we just got like vodka from costco that costco vodka is amazing by the way when you come back to the states and you're in alabama get costco vodka it mm. is um spectacular great to mix um but yeah we were like the thing is is that new orleans just had so much um emphasis on going out and it was completely uh embedded in like woven into everyday life like you couldn't escape it uh so i think that for me kind of characterized about five years of my life without me knowing it you know i just kind of fell into that world and by the time i was done with it i really was done with it like i was really ready to get get out of there move on with my my life like to really understand new orleans you have to spend like a full calendar year there. And I had been lucky when I was in college that I kept leaving. I would go, you know, back to Maryland for a month while I was on break, you know, between semesters or go back to, you know, just go back to the East coast and just, you know, plug back in, like go back into the matrix, you know, like I kept getting my dose of Howard County, Maryland, you know, couldn't leave, you know, like even though I physically left, I was still, in Howard County in my mind in New Orleans until probably my senior year when I actually spent like a calendar year there. And then same with my uh, subsequent years, like when I was living, like you ever came to Emily's house, shout out to Emily Tan, uh, the last house I lived in in New Orleans. But no, yeah, man, I, I told, I'm saying all of this to say, I know what you mean when you say you're ready to move on because I think a lot of people, you know, especially people who might be listening to this, who like are like me, are like how I've been for the last year, where I've mostly just been sitting at home, craving my old life in a certain way. But like a part of me, the rational side of me, never, never want to go back to New Orleans. You know, if I was really a psychopath, I would have just moved back there. It's cheap. I could probably find film work. You know, if I was a real monster, <laughs> yeah. But if I really had no, no, nothing left, I would go back to New Orleans. Just work on a set and live in a shack somewhere, and that'd be it. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Worst case. 
I can always do that. I, you know, it's, there's a really funny thing where I was funny saying that I heard where it's like, you always go back to a place where you made money, no matter how bad it was. You'll, if you know, you can make money there, you'll always go back. Um, and I found that to be true, except, except for in new Orleans. Yes, that is true. And it is scary, but when you think about it, it is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Well, I'm not making any money out here, so <laughs> I won't have that problem. Um, I mean, so w- like when you have to compare, you know, Mexico to Turkey, and I know we've talked about this a million times, but I, I, I really do want like a final kind of retros- retrospective on, on your part because you, I feel like I'm talking to a much more, more seasoned Davin than even from a year ago, you know, there's a real settlement settledness that I hear from you. And I just kind of want to hear what, what's it been like, man, just kind of living all over the world. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a movie, man. I mean, it's it's just a never ending. (laughs) You just watch the sunrise uh, and you're just like, I am fucking dope as shit. <laughs> like, like, I bet you there's some nights where you have literally just looked in the mirror and been like, I am so cool. My life is literally ill as shit. I don't know. If I, I know. I mean, definitely a few times. I'm not going to lie. A few times. I, I know you have. Just be like, just be like, yo, that was probably one of the craziest things that we've ever been through. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. uh, dude. I, I I couldn't imagine. So, Mexico. It can be anywhere in the world. Maybe you were traveling somewhere where you were just like, "This is legitimately ill." Can't have dead air, man. We're doing a podcast. Istanbul. Istanbul okay. was one. Okay, Istanbul. All right. Istanbul, like every every time I had been there, I was just in shock. I, my, shock. I was just like, hey. yeah. Don't you have to get yeah. on a ferry or some shit? It looks like you're on fucking Mars. Don't you have to like get on a on a fucking boat and then get to one side of it? Isn't it like split in half by like a sea or some shit? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to get from like, the European side to the eight to the Asian side, you have to take a ferry. But I mean, to get to Istanbul, you can take a bus from like any city in Turkey and arrive and you just cross this bridge at the very end and then boom, you're in Istanbul. Um, but yeah, like once you're in the city, if you want to get between one side or the other, you got to take a ferry. As far as That's I know, they, they, might, they might have a ferry right now, but I remember I had to so, take a ferry. So and like, what is it really? Is it really as dope as they say? When I was there, yeah. I mean, I haven't been in seven years, but. Uh, my one of my Mexican friends just visited Turkey. I'm like, really excited for her to get back, so I can ask her about her experience there, because uh, this was like her graduation gift. So I'd love to compare and contrast her experience versus mine. But yeah, man, when I was there, honestly, Istanbul was just one of the coolest places ever. I mean, you're walking around, you walk around the city. You got tall buildings, small buildings. It's colorful. Lots of people yelling and shouting. Marketplaces, bazaars uh pubs bars beautiful people um lots of culture lots lots of you know just 
it's just thriving, you know? Yeah, um, I hear that. I've heard the that. The street and like they actually respect the cats, you know? It's mm. not like Mexico where, you know, animals are kind of treated like shit. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of res- there, there. There generally is a lot of respect for for the animals in in that city. They uh, feed the cats and whatnot. Yeah, there's actually a documentary about it called Kedi, which means cat in Turkish. But yeah, it's it's a great documentary. It's very cute. And if you're a cat person, anyway, like me. But yeah, uh, you know, walking around and seeing the the blue the blue mosque or the Hagia Sophia these just impeccable works of art that have transcended history you know yeah uh, yeah absolutely um ankara was also nice too if i went back to turkey i wouldn't go back to ankara and if i did it would only be for nostalgia but even then i feel like it's been too long if i went back there i probably wouldn't get much nostalgia anyway i'm pretty sure the place would be very different from when I from when experienced there. it firsthand. Yeah. But Ankara, when I was living there, was pretty lit. I mean, I was a high schooler. Uh, and in the States, you can't do this. But in the high schooler, as a high schooler, I was able to go out to like bars, clubs, get what? fucked up in the middle of the street. Um, yeah. I you mean, you could turn up. Wait a second. You could turn up. We turned up. I mean, it was just me and a really cool very mixed international crowd like there were polish people kazakh people uh kyrgyzstani yeah. people um spanish people brazilians like man people literally from every walk of the planet uh i would say even turkey was more diverse internationally speaking than yeah. mexico's wow and yeah, this is and from and, and this is from you were you were in Hammond High School in Columbia, Maryland, yep. where it was black and white. And then well, you're we, all of a sudden there too. You know, we had a lot of El Salvadorians. We had a lot of uh, Hondo. I think Hondurans as well. Yeah, we did that. That, that, that one. Yeah, there was there was like a few like, but the thing is, remember they weren't really integrated, especially the Hondurans, and that like the Mexicans, like Kevin Guzman was probably like the one Mexican everybody knew, right? Kevin Guzman, to this day, everybody knows Kevin. Just I think Kevin Guzman. But think about it. There weren't that many Latino peer, uh, kids, period, in like anybody's like actual immediate friend group. It was mostly just black and white. Everybody was mostly American. And you go, I mean, they were American like by culture. They were probably one generation removed from something, sure. But within a year, you go into a whole other planet where now you're talking to people from Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? I would have just yeah. started touching people's faces and shit. <laughs> no, it was funny. I, I met uh, one of my best friends out there. His name is Azamat. Um, yeah. Azamat. And yeah. He's, from, uh, he's, he's from Kazakhstan. And, you know, mind you, my ignorant American self, I just, you know, off the fucking boat from America. Of course. Uh, As you, you should know, be. The only knowledge I had of Kyrgyzstan, uh, sorry, Kazakhstan was, um, was Borat, the movie. You know, oh, true. Because the movie, it's because it's, it's satire. Like, I didn't even think this shit was real. Yeah. You know? 
So when he said, yeah, I'm from Kazakhstan, my name is Azamat, when I first met him, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like Borat, that's really funny. No, no seriously, where are yeah. you from? And he was like genuinely take. he was offended. I was like, I'm oh, sure. Shit. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. And I'm sure. I, I mean, I felt like such a fucking dumbass, you know, damn. you know, it was pretty much after that moment that I really was like, okay, I'm going to shut up now and just <laughs> listen to people. <laughs> it was that just truly embarrassing moment where I was like, I'm clearly in over my head here. So in over your head. Yeah. And just hear out everybody else. And it, yeah, it just turned out to be an amazing experience. And I still talk to Osma this day. Like I was just talking to him yesterday actually yeah yeah man central asia 101 you got a crash course you met yeah. a dude from kazakhstan and thought he was talking about the movie borat did you explain to him like did you try to describe america to these people like what did they think because you really came you didn't come from some military base in hawaii you know yeah. you're not you're not one of those kids you grew up for the most part like for the for the majority like, of course, you moved as well, but you went to West elementary Coast, school, South, middle North, East. Yeah. Yeah. I went through yeah. all of that, but most of my time in the U.S. was spent on the East Coast between D.C. and Baltimore in a small, kind of like, you know, not really small, but like medium sized community uh, town. Would it, would, it, would, it, would it be a town or a city? I mean, I don't even know. I would point. call it, I would, I, now it's a city. Columbia absolutely is a city now. When we were kids, it was probably a township county yeah you know suburb but uh it uh yeah it's grown exponentially just because of you know that's the, the just the boom of of washington but yeah. um but i mean yeah, I think, yeah. To, like a, a truly international scene and you yeah. know being completely ignorant of everybody and everything and everybody's history everybody's culture everybody's language everybody's everything and you, you know, just had to learn from scratch. I guess that's why it was so easy coming full circle for you to learn Spanish because you kind of, you were not a stranger to being uh, at the mercy of a totally different culture. That it was yeah. something that, I mean, Turkey, if anywhere, would break that into you because one thing I always recognized about Turkey, and this is why I can always tell that someone is Turkish by their name or like usually sometimes their accent and a lot of times how they look, not all the time, is because yeah. it's so specific. It's such a strong culture that they're not Arab. They're not Iranian. You can't make the mistake. You're like, that's a Turkish person, you know? Yeah. Like, they're you not just Asian, hear them. They're not European either. They're not yeah. African or anything. They're, yeah, they're nothing. They're, they're, they're yeah, specifically they're what they are. Yeah, and like... um going from because like it'd be one thing if you went from like america to london like another cosmopolitan you know just fucking blah place where people just have it yeah yeah where people just have a fucking stupid accent and it's whatever um <laughs> but no you fucking went to a two thousand year old country where like everybody's fucking screaming about shit that you have nothing to do with that they're really upset about and that's that's your reality. <laughs> and yeah. you're trying to go you're trying to get some pussy in the club and niggas are actually like rioting. <laughs> yeah, rioting. <laughs> rioting. <laughs> what do that too? Oh boy. Yeah. No, it, it was it was wild, man. 
uh, but it was a lot of fun, and I had a great time out there. I mean, I, I really miss a lot of those people. Um, I miss Turkey for what it for what it was, you know, when I knew it. Uh, but the thing is, it's just you know, like a long distance relationship that's just ended a long time ago. Might look back on it, and reflect on things, but overall, you know, like we're completely different people at this point. So, what would it really be like if I went back there? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, things have just changed, man. And I think you, of all people, can probably feel the change in the world the most because you've moved so much and you can kind of look behind you and say, well, that place is different now. You know, like, yeah. whereas if you lived in that Howard County bubble, like I sometimes talk to some of my old friends, like even and not so much CJ because he's he definitely still keeps in touch with things. And he does actually like go to New York and he gets out of the out of the bubble. But like if I talk to like Matt or somebody that's really stayed in, in Maryland, like not much has changed, man. Like 10 years has gone by and like they're still living good. Things are still, you know. Whereas, like, the rest of the world has gone through these seismic shifts that has not been felt in, in a lot of the, pla in the place that we grew up, you know? Mm -hmm. There's something nice about that, but then there's something also, I don't know, so something that also wrong. I don't know how to, how to describe it. I don't know my feelings. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> in a lot of ways, it's, it's secure. It's, it's security at the end of the day. Um, that's yeah. not everything. But like a lot of it has to deal with that. You know, a lot of the kids that we grew up with who are now adults, fully grown adults, uh, professionals, man, these people have houses, cars, they're and like like getting married and having kids. Absolutely. And, you know, at this point in my life, it's kind of like that would be really nice to have. <laughs> It'd be nice You're to have right. like a base of operations, you know, like a secure home, you know, just stability. And I'm still out here in fucking Adventureland, <laughs> right? Doing fuck and, all. But. Yeah, and people, people, you know, who have just like you know been coming home, going to work. I get it. It sounds fun, but I understand, Davin, where you're coming from. Like, no, it's not adventure. fun. It's definitely <laughs> not fun. But you know, it is like a stepping stone, and it's a stepping stone that I still have. I still very much have to cross and deal with. I need to put in like I have to put in my time. You know, right? There, exactly. There are a lot of times where I'm out here, I'm just like, dude, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I could have spent the past three years working towards something that would have like secured a piece of my future, and I don't really have that right now. It's funny that like how quickly that's what things what become about. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, it was just like the only thing I have is a fucking strong head on my shoulders. I guess. <laughs> That's that. I mean, hey, man, that goes far, and that is a, um, that that is an asset that appreciates in value. But what I was gonna say was like, it's interesting how quickly it became about the future, whereas we were living in the moment for, and encouraged to live in the moment for the vast majority of our like teenage and early twenties, and then all of a sudden like the drop of a hat it's like oh but did you secure your future are you ready for your 30s and then all of a sudden you're like wait my future mm -hmm. i was a i was a young nigga getting getting money what are you talking about nah, man. for me it was it was uh it was it was a moment it was when like my fucking house got broken into and the house itself was occupied like i was homeless in mexico for a month 
and I didn't have I didn't have shit. And that was wow. like the wake up call for me. It was like, yeah, I don't know why you give a shit about going out to parties, meeting fucking people for, who are, you know, five years younger than you, uh, are having everything, you know, you know, essentially like paid for for them, and you're not doing much to to build a secure future for yourself when this is like the age where you need to start doing that. Right. The world doesn't wait for you. You know, you're just, you're, you're no. an inevitable. Yeah. You're I don't funny. know. It really don't. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's a rude awakening. And, um, I feel like when you, it's almost unfair, right? Because you kind of had to teach yourself how to be, how to be nimble how to be transient, right? But that actually doesn't help you establish something, you know, solid underneath yourself, you know, but you, you yourself couldn't really do that for some time. You had to be able to move around. And uh, it's, it's almost weird, like, for me too, like, just within the States, it's almost weird how I sometimes feel like I'm being punished just for survival, you know, it's like, this is the way I've learned how to survive. Like, why do I feel like I'm being smited for just trying to, you know, keep it moving? Damn. Yeah. 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 Mic drop. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, to, to really, I feel like, bring this home, the best... Um, the best times of my life when I look back, it's so weird. Like, you know, I definitely had great times in college, obviously post-college, but like when I had to like, just be alone somewhere new and kind of discover it just by myself, those are really memorable times for me. Like when I was in San Diego, when I was in Atlanta, when I was in LA, even like, just having to kind of like discover a place and you don't, maybe, you know, a few people, maybe you have like a family member that's like a base of operation. So I, I cheat a little bit, you know, I'm not as rugged as you, but it's still like, you know, you're just going out into the world and you're, you have to make friends go on dating apps, you know, like some of the, some of the best dates I've ever had have just been like random, you know, like, like, you know, uh, in random cities, where I'll meet someone that's just an amazing girl and I just know, oh shit, I've gotta I've gotta leave this place in, you know, however many months. And it's just catch. Yeah, I got a plane I got a plane to catch, you know. And it's it's unfortunate. And it's like that's that's what I mean, you know. <laughs> Don't catch feelings, we catch flights. <laughs> right. Plane tickets, Louie luggage. Um but yeah, man. That's that's how I feel about that. Yeah, let's take a break real quick. I gotta go take a piss. Definitely, definitely. Let's let's close out this this section of it, and we'll keep going. Yeah, uh, but this really is uh, yeah, no, we're we're just getting warmed up, guys. But uh, this is the end of part one. Thank you, and keep listening. <laughs>